ESPN 105.9, The Zone. All right, let's do it, huh? Looking forward to getting into your text. We had some here at the end of uh, the second hour from um, Ghost and Mail Person and Andrew and Jason and Pat and Blitz and PRG and everybody. And I didn't get to them, so I'm looking forward to going through those with you here as we uh, get started in hour number three of the show, hour three of the Matt Wyatt Show on 105.9 The Zone ESPN Jackson, brought to you by Overstreet Properties in Starkville. Overstreetproperties.com. If you're headed up there, you, if it's you know permanent residence that you need, place to live, or uh, weekend home, condo, investment property, maybe you need an apartment to lease, give Kane a call. Kane Overstreet in Starkville. It's 323-8618. Or just look them up online. Overstreetproperties.com. Proud presenting sponsor of the third hour of the show. So, what does it say over here on the text line? 885-ESPN-601. Number 885-ESPN. Or if you need the number itself, it's 885-3776. Call me on the Divini phone, 995-1059. That's the number to call. Love to hear from you. Flowtown Ghost uh, asked us earlier, he said, do they play the rival game first to get it in in case they cancel the year? I, you know, we touched on it a couple times. I'm for it. If they want to move the Egg Bowl up to the first part of the year, if they want to move, you know, the Iron Bowl up, I'm for it. Gives you a better chance to get it in. Even if it gets postponed, you got more room to move it around. Don't know that they're going to do it, but I'd be okay with it. Gator Greg said he was hearing through the grapevine that State's first opponent would be Arkansas when it came out. Fine with that. Let's see. Man, just any ball game. Given how anxious everyone is to just see these games happen, are you less into the Mississippi State Old Miss rivalry as you normally are, and you're just into football? Has that taken the edge off for you a little bit? I'm just curious, just asking. Mad Mail Person said, Dak's last two years was overshadowed by Ole Miss. Hmm, how about that? Last two years overshadowed by Ole Miss. What were the... How would they have been overshadowed? Well, I'll say this. There's no doubt, mad male person, that the the thing that really kept those teams in 14 and 15 from really excelling... Not excelling. From... Well, it kept the 14 team out of the national title picture because given the way things were going with that playoff stuff, I think if state had won that egg bowl in Oxford in 14, they would have, they would have gotten back in the conversation of the playoff thing. And so that kept them out of it. Uh, certainly. I, I don't know though. I don't necessarily like Dak's last two years overshadowed by Ole Miss. I just don't think so. I don't think that's the perception outside of anywhere, but Oxford. Uh, to be honest with you, I don't even know what the what the records were that year. What was that fourteen record? Help me out, because the fourteen teams, Ole Miss went to the what Peach Bowl. State goes to the Orange Bowl. You know what I remember? <laughs> I remember Mad Mail person at the end of that fourteen season. So State goes to the Orange Bowl. We go to Miami. I'm with the team down there, part of the radio crew. We're staying at 
Trump, Doral, in Miami. I remember Mullen got to, it became kind of a little, like, uh, what do you call it, like PR opportunity, but Mullen was standing out in the lobby talking to uh, his to Trump's daughter. What's her name? Um, blonde. Anyway, we saw all that. And um, I remember the, that Saturday, the day of the game, getting excited. I'm going to sit in a hotel room. I'm going to watch this Peach Bowl between Ole Miss and, who was it, TCU? And it was a bloodletting. Ole Miss might as well have not even shown up. It was, I mean, it was over before it got started. And uh, then, of course, you know, that night, State lost to Georgia Tech in their option attack in the Orange Bowl. It was a pretty good ball game. Uh, lost to them. Yeah, and see, let's see. That year, two, 20- two not really good endings for, for really good seasons. Yeah. Because I, I remember watching both those games and just having this just yeah taste in my mouth. Well, and State was playing with no defensive coordinator. Remember, Jeff Collins had left. Yeah, they and- couldn't wait to get Peter Sermon in. <laughs> yeah. Well, he was two years later. Yeah. They got Diaz <laughs> in between, but that 14-year Collins left, and I think they had Deshae Townsend calling the defensive side of the ball. But see, 2014, Ole Miss goes 9-4 and four and loses their bowl game. State goes 9-4 and four and loses their bowl game. So, I mean, it's really that's not very accurate to say that Dak's last two years were overshadowed by Ole Miss. The fact is only an Ole Miss fan would say that. The fact is, the only thing that Ole Miss has done in the last five, six even going back to then, that in, that in terms of like overshadowing Dak or overshadowing State was their neg- negative press, the investigation and all that kind of stuff, which that's another thing. I was looking at it. You look at what happened after that. That 2015 year, Chad Kelly was unstoppable. Throws for 4,000 yards. He was just incredible that year. They go 10-3. and three. Yeah, that's it, Ivanka. I, got, I saw her, and she was out there talking to Mullen and the lobby and they were like ksh, ksh, taking pictures and stuff paparazzi out there and stuff well maybe the other thing for the old miss uh, persona is uh, they they did beat alabama a couple that's times right that well stretch, and beat them in 15 know? that's right yeah. beat them in 15 they won 10 games in 2015 and uh that was their last bowl game when they went to the sugar bowl they beat oklahoma state and that's the other thing i mean the sugar bowl is a part of the new year's six that particular year the New Year's Six Bowls. But I tried to tell Ole Miss fans back then, like, you know, I know the name of the game is the Sugar Bowl, but it doesn't mean the same as it did back when you were going to the Sugar Bowl back in the 60s. You know, and and, and I understand, you know, you use it to promote it, but, man, they made a big deal out of it. And it's it was no different than the Peach Bowl they went to the year before. It's a part of the New Year's Six. They go, but see, they go ten wins, go to a bowl in 2015, and since then, five and seven, six and six, five and seven, four and eight. I mean, and without question, that investigation, the sanctions, coaching, you know, freeze ushers himself out of there. Matt Luke now another coaching change. We go back to that same time frame. State went nine and four, nine and four, and then since then went six and seven, nine and four, eight and five, six and seven, and that's with the coaching change. It's been two entirely different paths since then. 
So back to the original point. It's interesting, but male person, really the only people who would say that Dak's last two years were overshadowed by Ole Miss are Ole Miss people because that's your perspective. And it was a fun ride while it lasted. And that 15 team was, I mean, loaded. NFL receivers all over the place, NFL tackle. They ran like a tackle eligible and threw Laramie Tunsil a touchdown in the bowl game. <laughs> I remember well, the that. Final, final AP rankings in 2014 had Mississippi State at 11th and Ole Miss was ranked 17th. And that's just because Ole Miss didn't even show up for their bowl game. I mean, State lost to Georgia Tech in that bowl game at the end of 14. Yeah, they finished. But they were competitive. So State was 10 and 3 and 9 and 10, 10 and 3 in 2014. Okay. Well, how about that? State wins 10 and then wins 9. Ole Miss wins 9 and then wins 10. And here we are. And the next year, State goes 9 and 4, and they yeah. do not have a ranking at the end of the season. Yeah. That was when they beat, uh, who was that? NC State? In, That's correct. In the rain in Charlotte. At the Belk Bowl. I have never, before a road game, because that felt like a road game. We were just there and we we're on the buses. And prior to a road game, I've never seen rain that hard that long than what we saw in Charlotte on that particular trip. And then Dak went out there in a bowl game and threw it all over the field. It was pretty incredible. And the guy on the other side, was uh, Jacoby Brissett. He was NC State's quarterback that day. And he, he actually then got drafted in the second round by the Patriots. We didn't know it. We were watching two future NFL starting quarterbacks in that ball game. I'm not sure anybody would have known that. Andrew, well, let me, let me, let me before we leave the, the subject of Dak, he's uh, not in the news, but you know, you're the Cowboys quarterback. You're kind of always in the news, speaking of paparazzi and that kind of thing. But he and Jerry Jones did some talking publicly in interviews and stuff the last couple of days. I want you to hear it. And it gives me an excuse to hit the button. So NFL, they're in camp going through all this stuff. So you got more press opportunities. We'll start out with that. He says he's not so much into living in the future, worried about the future contract and the generational contract and, you know, am I going to be a cowboy in 10 years? Here's what he said about it. I'm not a guy that looks at my future, to be honest. Uh, I really don't. Uh, I really don't. I mean, I count my blessings each and every day. Um, I walk in the day that I'm given. I rejoice in it, and I'm thankful for it. Um, so, honestly, it, it can sound as cliche and whatever you want to make it think, but I can't look at tomorrow without taking care of today, and that's just the way that I've been throughout my life. Um, that's the way that I have to be. Um, even more more focused that, that I live my life this way, as I said, with, with things that have happened to me personally, things uh, in the place that this world is in, with the, with the crisis we're in, with the COVID, uh, with the social injustice. Um, I, don't, I don't look too far ahead. Uh, I think you get in trouble, and I think you get derailed when you do that. Wants to be a cowboy for life. Business is business, and once I'm in the, uh, in the locker room and part of this, uh, part of what's going on now, I don't focus too much about the future, uh, just more about today. Um, and so with that being said, 
I'm excited as hell to be a Dallas Cowboy. Uh, I've been a fan of this organization and been a fan of this program for, for years. Uh, I love every bit of um, the opportunity and the platform that I get to be the quarterback here. I love this team. I'm excited about what we have, uh, what, we, what we can do and accomplish this year. So um, no frustration as far as that. Uh, once again, I believe something will get done. And with my hopes, I believe I'll be a Dallas Cowboy uh, for the rest of my career. So, How about them Cowboys? Jerry Jones says that there are and were financial effects from the pandemic and they had an effect on the timing of trying to give Prescott an extension. Candidly, nobody knows what's going to be there next year, next year, or the next year. And frankly, we all know that what we were talking about in Dak's case was the next year and the next year and the next year and the next year. So all of that came to bear and this was just a less than stable time to be talking about serious, serious, generational, if you will, to use Dak's term, dollars in an unknown period of time looking forward. That certainly was one of the issues. One of the issues. He also, Jerry Jones, Jarrah, is confident they can have fans in their stadium at some point this year. What do you think about this? Just as the players that are on this field out here for the Cowboys are here because they have chosen to be here, our fans will be in the stadium because they have chosen to be there. I am completely confident that if I've ever seen a general population have had a uh, information of where the issues are, where the vulnerabilities are, uh, how to conduct yourself, uh, the do-right rule relative to the person with you and beside you and uh, that you do or know or don't know. I'm confident that we've got a very educated situation and that our fans can come and have a safe experience at our stadium, along with, of course, our players uh, having the safety there required on the football field. Hmm. Agree, disagree. That is Jerry Jones. While we're talking NFL, Eagles head Everybody coach has the money to do it. He could do it. No doubt about it. <laughs> Eagles head coach Doug Peterson recovering from COVID. He's back with the team now. I obviously didn't want to miss any time if uh, if I didn't have to, but uh, you know I stayed uh, I stayed engaged virtually with the team. Uh, I was able to watch the practices, um, you know, and 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 stay stay up on on everything that we did, and 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 still run the team from you know from from my home and. You know, I think that's something that uh, the offseason taught us and taught me uh, how to do that virtually. And uh, but at the same time, I was I was chomping. I was ready to get back here and, and, and be out on the grass with the players. Ready to be back. And so he was back. All right. Over here on the Country Please and Text Line, Country Please and Sausage on grocery store shelves throughout the Southeast. It is the best sausage anywhere. PRG says James Franklin is a terrible human and a fantastic football coach. Well, PRG, it's like this. I mean, if you're going to call somebody a terrible human being, then you need to qualify that, I guess. Uh, I guess. I haven't heard that anywhere else. I mean, what are we, what am we supposed to base the opinion of him that he is a terrible human being? Is a James Franklin is a terrible human and a fantastic football coach. you got to cite examples if you're going to go out here and sling around something that so-and-so is a terrible human. I could actually go into the case that every human is terrible. 
Maybe just in varying degrees, PRG. He's a terrible human. Pat says, I'm less into the rivalry because I think we are going to kill Ole Miss. Leach will pick that defense to death, he says. How about that? That's Pat, y'all. Pat. <laughs> Bulldog Blitz of the Country Pleasing Text. That 14-season ending was sad for us state fans. We may not have gotten throttled like Ole Miss did in the Peach Bowl, but that game versus Georgia Tech was worse than the final score indicated. I agree with that because there was no stopping their offense. None whatsoever. There was no stopping that offense. They had a clue. We didn't. I think you had a combination of several things. One is, you know, your defensive coordinator's gone. Big brouhaha between he and Mullen, you know, there, supposedly. <laughs> He'd gone. Uh, you had uh, the DB coach just calling the defense that game, which he's, you know, Townsend, a good coach, certainly capable. But I think it led to like a, a subpar effort. Not a whole lot of confidence in what they were doing, and boy, did it ever show. I do remember it was a pretty cool highlight. They hit State hit the uh, Hail Mary before halftime. Yeah, right before halftime. Pretty cool play there and a call from Brent Musburger. That was pretty neat. The real unnamed texter says, in 2014, Ole Miss got run out of the stadium in their bowl game by TCU, who should have played in the playoff. TCU was salty that day. Ole Miss didn't know what hit them. I would have to go back and look it up. Y'all may remember, though, the quarterback on that TCU team. Who was that? Remember the dual threat guy that we were all wondering? I mean, his numbers were phenomenal. We were all wondering if he was going to get a shot in the NFL. Was he, Am I crazy? He's a converted wide receiver. He was unstoppable that day. Jason and Flagstaff. Yeah, it seems like maybe it was Dobson. Boykin, that's it. His last name was Boykin. Well, that's, Ole Miss fans just went, Ooh! had a little flashback. He, he was unstoppable. Jason in Flagstaff says, if Mullen stays, State wins 10 or 11 games with a senior Fitzgerald, and maybe again with KT, certainly with that defense two seasons ago. That should have been a best team ever candidate. I can't disagree with you, Jason. I can't disagree with you. So talented. Three first-round draft picks on defense <laughs> on that team in 2018. On one side of the ball. And we forget that man, Fitz didn't even play in the first game against Stephen F. Austin, and they went out there and put up 63 points with KT. Didn't they? Went out to Manhattan and just throttled Kansas State in week two, 31 to 10. Put up 56 on Napier's ULL team in week three. And then lost back-to-back SEC games against Kentucky and Florida. Scored seven and six. Got totally and utterly outcoached and outschemed two weeks in a row in SEC play. And to their credit, Jason, that 18 team, they turned around and totally outcoached and outschemed Auburn in a must-win game. Remember that? They couldn't, you just can't afford to lose three in a row and outcoached them, outschemed them. 
beat them 23 to 9. I mean, they put 23 points on Auburn, but that defense with three first rounders, they just challenged them and they shut Auburn down. You know, we go, there's three first round picks on that defense. And there was others in there too. <laughs> I mean, Willie Gay was in on that. He just went the next year. Errol Thompson in that bunch too. And he's back. And so I agree with you. I mean, this just, you know, if you'd had continuity there in 18, Fitz coming back and, and that defense. But you didn't have it. You know, so what? Look back. Can't change it. Whatever. Uh, White Denzel, Matt, in your opinion, how would you have done in the Leach offense? You could throw the ball, that's for sure. Yeah, you know, I sure would have loved to have tried to play in it, stand back. That's what got me recruited as a high school player way back when before anybody else did it. I had one coach who put me in the shotgun. We were in four wides. and Like high school football in Alabama, I'd never seen that before. And we just throwing it all over the field. And so I started, because I couldn't run, so I would have certainly been more comfortable in the gun. You don't have to turn your back to the defense and get the sling it around, but hey. Gunslinger Matt. Yeah. See, the pro- you know, problem with being a gunslinger is you have to complete it to your guys, not the other guys. You know, that's the real problem. <laughs> the easy- Remember this, the easiest thing to in football to do, the simplest, easiest thing in the entire game of football to do is throw an interception. <laughs> Everything else is hard. That is easy. All right. Get some more of your comments. And a little flashback. Coming up in the Farm Bureau studio. Stick around.